0: When hiking or backpacking, our whole goal is to move forward. Otherwise, we'd just set up our tent in the parking lot. But what do you do when anxiety stops your progress? We have some tools that will help. Then we'll share a hack that will cut your tent weight almost in half, and we'll wrap up the show with a quote that revives fire from the ashes. All this? That's about it. Today on the 1st 40 miles. We're all affected by some sort of anxiety. It doesn't have to be clinical, you know, book anxiety. It can just be kind of that unsettled feeling that you get right before a job interview or a fear that you have. But anxiety is part of the human condition and we're all on a spectrum, no matter what it is. We all are Every human on earth is on this spectrum, and we're all triggered by different things at different times in our lives. And no matter what type of anxiety you experience, or the source of that anxiety, all anxiety has one thing in common. It keeps us from moving forward. It halts our progress. So on this episode today, we want to share tools with you that will help you to overcome the anxiety that creeps up on the trail. It's that unwelcome feeling that makes your pulse race and your palms sweat and your muscles tense up. And just because Josh and I have a backpacking podcast doesn't mean that we haven't experienced anxiety on the trail. It really is a universal feeling. Anyone who thinks they're the only one feeling afraid of what's outside of their tent or fearful as they hike down the trail, they're not alone
1: i got to spend part of last week with our scouts at boy scout summer camp and one of the things i really noticed while i was up there was the opportunity that some scouts had to face things that made them anxious or fearful scouts going up to camp and perhaps being away from home for a week was something that caused anxiety or maybe it was getting along with the other scouts that caused some anxiety Maybe it was riding on a horse for the first time, or all the hiking that they had to do when they're used to sitting at home indoors and in air conditioning. And I saw several scouts in our troop face these anxieties and these fears, and I thought it was really healthy for them to be up at a place like summer camp where they would have those anxieties, but then they could face them and learn how to approach them and how to, how to move through them.
0: Oh, I remember many nights in a tent, either camping or backpacking, where I would wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would just start pounding. And I would listen to everything around me. It was like all the noises were amplified in my head. And I would attach labels to each of the noises that I heard. And there was one camping trip that we went on that I even like woke up and called out my mom's name because I was so scared and I remember you not being so thrilled about me yelling because you already had overcome that fear. You knew that there was nothing out there that could get us and even if there was something that could get us, the chances of it actually affecting us or harming us were so small. And even if it did harm us or hurt us, we could fight back. You know, like you have to kind of take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. Right. And,
1: and that being anxious about it wasn't going to have any impact on that outcome anyway. Exactly. Except a uh, loss of sleep, which made me grumpy.
0: <laughs> I remember the grumpy. <laughs>
1: oh, I bet you do.
0: <laughs> but I also remember that really terrified feeling that I felt. And it's happened on several trips, many trips, where I listen outside the tent, it's dark, and there's a noise out there. But even on my first backpacking trip, when we did the Timberline Trail, there were moments where I almost kind of had a little out-of-body experience, and I saw myself on this 40-mile trail, and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing out here? Where am I? Like, this really is an extremely remote place, and I am miles and miles and miles away from the next campsite and from the last campsite, and I'm kind of just right in the middle of wilderness. And you kind of get that uh, just kind of weird feeling, that uncomfortable feeling, fear that races through your whole body and makes you sweat and think really unhelpful thoughts, thoughts that are counterproductive. Like, I can't do this, or I'm going to die, and, uh, or I should never have come out here. Those are all unproductive thoughts. So for today's top five lists, we wanted to share the top five healthy ways to deal with anxiety on the trail. And these are tools that can cover the full spectrum of anxiety, from clinical anxiety all the way down to just a kind of nagging concern or this repeating thought in your head. So everyone can benefit from this list. The number one healthy way to deal with anxiety on the trail is breathing. I started with this one because it can be done anytime, anywhere, and requires no special equipment. Just take a slow breath in through the nose and let your whole core expand. Some people say, like, breathe into your lower belly. Maybe you don't understand that. I don't know. Do you understand that, Josh, when I say breathe into your lower belly?
1: That's like singing with your diaphragm. Yeah. And like, no, I don't get it. <laughs> the air goes into your lungs. The the air comes out of your lungs.
0: Okay, so I guess a good way to say it is to, um, take a breath without raising your chest. So can you do that? So don't breathe shallow breaths up high in your chest. Like, make sure it goes nice and deep down into your lower, um, like kind of your stomach area. So try and give yourself fat pants. Like. You know, (laughs) breathe, breathe in so that you're filling up your whole core and just kind of hold that breath for a couple seconds and then exhale slowly through your mouth for about four seconds. You don't have to count. Just as slow as you can. Just let it all out and then wait for a couple seconds before taking another breath. Breathing is a tool that can help you relax anywhere. And you don't even have to think about how many seconds you're doing it. You know, four seconds, two seconds, one second. Just fill up your core with air, wait, and then blow it slowly out. Do that a few times until you can rationally think through or not think through, maybe it's better to just let thoughts evaporate, but till you kind of calm yourself down. I actually used this tool on my first backpacking trip, and I didn't even realize that I was doing it, but I did it as I hiked. And what I would do is I would pick off a little fir branch that smelled really, really good. And I would just kind of hold it up to my nose and smell it and then breathe out and it smelled so, so good. And so breathing with that scent was just so relaxing and it really helped as I was hiking.
1: And I used the breathing method when I was on my first backpacking trip and was hyperventilating as a 12 year old and the other scouts and leaders helped me to slow down my breathing and stop hyperventilating by doing this exercise of breathing in slowly, breathing out slowly calming back down.
0: The number two healthy way to deal with anxiety on the trail is to practice mindfulness. Anxiety is that feeling that the world is caving in and taking you with it. Mindfulness reverses that feeling of impending doom by opening up the world and you taking it all in. So your goal with mindfulness is to mentally document every single element of the present moment. And that heightened awareness means that you're being present in the moment. So you're not worried about the future, which is anxiety, and you're not focusing on the past, that's depression. You are noticing everything in the moment. So you're noticing the smells around you the texture of your clothing, the level of humidity between your toes, the feel of your tongue against the roof of your mouth, the sounds, the taste of the food, the sound of your jacket crinkling with each breath that you take, the universe of living organisms around, above and below you. This is one way to experience mindfulness. Another way to practice mindfulness is journaling, just recording all of your thoughts and feelings, experiencing the present moment, And who says journaling has to be all words? Some of the things that you record could be little sketches or doodles. William Makepeace Thackeray said, There are a thousand thoughts lying within a man that he does not know till he takes up the pen to write. So journaling and mindfulness, these things slow down time. They reveal things about yourself that you may not have even known before you became mindful of them and became more part of the present moment the number three healthy way to deal with anxiety on the trail is to connect with someone you are never alone even though you may be one person on a mountain you are never alone anyone can connect with god through prayer that's just an automatic you have someone that you can connect with you can also connect with others through letter writing I had an experience where I had about of just, I guess you'd call it acute anxiety. I was on a trip by myself down in Mexico and alone in this hotel room around two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and just felt this kind of impending doom feeling and I didn't know why. And it was really scary and I tried to figure out if there was a reason why I felt this way. Like, had I heard gunshots in the in the middle of the night that woke me up no there was nothing there was no reason for me to be fearful and so i took that time where i was just feeling really scared i prayed and then i wrote letters to my family i wrote a little letter to josh um just emailed it to him two o'clock in the morning he's not going to get it for <laughs> like five or six hours but um it made me feel better to connect with him, even though I knew he wouldn't connect in real time. I also wrote to my parents and just said, Hey, I'm alone in Mexico and I'm really scared, but just want to let you know I'm all right, but I'm not really all right. <laughs> but it did help me to feel better. So even though you may feel like you're alone, you're never really alone. And the act of connecting really helps.
1: And this was a big benefit for those scouts at summer camp last week. The ones who I mentioned were facing fears and anxieties, things they'd never done before. But they had other scouts and scout leaders with them, sending them positive messages, telling them, yeah, you're going to be able to do this. Um, We're right here with you. We're all doing it together. You're going to be safe. It's going to be fun. This is going to be really good. You can do this. Or when they were having a kind of a bout of anxiety from missing their home, being homesick. There were other scouts and scout leaders there to say, hey, we're with you here. It's okay. We're going to help you through this. So they were in an environment where they were surrounded by people who were supportive of them, helping them to grow through these anxieties. I'm reading a book right now by Johann Hari called Lost Connections, Uncovering the Real Causes of Depression and the Unexpected Solutions. He talks about both depression and anxiety. And I think his whole thesis is that They are largely caused by disconnection, disconnection from other people, from meaningful values, from meaningful work, from nature, all these disconnections. And so when we connect with other people, that's an important piece of solving or addressing the anxiety because now we have support around us.
0: So don't underestimate the power of connecting with others. The number four healthy way to deal with anxiety on the trail is to use your imagination. If the idea of mindfulness is overpowering and you really don't want to think about every little sound and twig snap outside of your tent, you can use your imagination and imagine that your tent is on a completely blank white movie set. Like you are in the middle of a warehouse and there is nothing else in the warehouse except for you and your tent. You can imagine anything. I don't know if animals are gifted with this superpower, but imagination can take you anywhere. It can transport you out of your current state. The human mind is incredible. So we had an opportunity to experience this recently. One of our children had a bout with nausea and it came on really quickly. And in fact, we were in a grocery store. So I was like, oh, please, please, please don't throw up. Please, please. So I sat there with my son on the floor as he just laid there like he was sweaty and just pale. And I didn't know what was going on. So I held his hand and finally we made it out to the car, actually carried him out to the car because he couldn't walk. He was just so nauseous. We got home and it was like he was back to normal. And so I couldn't figure out, you know, was it food poisoning that just kind of affected him briefly? Was it a virus that did something weird to him? I don't know. But the next day it happened again. And I thought, okay, this is not food poisoning. And this is not a virus. I'm guessing this is maybe anxiety related. I don't know. It's just a guess. You know, you you just play the guessing game as parents sometimes. Um, So as he sat there on the floor, completely paralyzed by this nausea, and because his eyes were closed, we imagined a tree. And so I asked him to imagine the bark of the tree, what the texture was like, if there were any animals on the tree, and what the ground looked like around the tree. And he imagined all of this. And within a few minutes, he was back up and being a kid again.
1: And your imagination can work for or against you, right? True that. (laughs) So you can attest to times where your imagination has worked against you as you've laid in a tent and imagined the impending doom of that raccoon that's going to attack you or that bear that's going to attack you or that moose or whatever. That's all imagination. You can use it to your advantage to calm yourself down and imagine those things going away. The raccoon is walking away. The bear is walking away. The moose is walking away. They are hundreds of miles away. They're nowhere near your tent. Everything is calm. Everything is peaceful. Except
0: in my imagination, they wouldn't do that. My imagination, if I were to make a bear go away, I'd have to have it climb onto a hot air balloon with a badger or something, you know, like load it up and uh, send that thing flying. Just something
1: more creative. (laughs)
0: Something more creative than just walking away (laughs) because bears don't just do that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the number five healthy way to deal with anxiety on the trail is with music music has power it's like that scene from the king and i where they're on the boat and they're kind of feeling those anxious feelings of entering a new country and starting a new life and this mother tells her son that whenever she feels afraid she whistles a happy tune, and then happiness helps her not to be so scared. In fact, she doesn't tell him that. She sings it to him, and it's just a darling song. It's so cute. If you haven't seen The Old King and I, it's so, so sweet. It's a great lesson from that movie. Music really does have power, and you can use a hymn, a ballad, the first song that pops into your head. You can use the playlist on your phone. Listening to music or creating music releases dopamine, just a great feeling. So music really does have power to help you deal with and calm your anxieties.
1: Just to top off my uh, trip to scout camp, I brought a bunch of boys home in our van. (laughs) And uh, along the way, at some point, they decided to turn on some music. And one of the kids had you know, different songs on his phone. And they were all just singing along to Sweet Caroline by (laughs) Neil Diamond. It was this great moment where I think everyone in that van just felt happy.
0: Definitely. Oh, that's a great memory.
1: I didn't even know these kids knew Neil Diamond.
0: Well, it's funny because the day after you got home, the house behind us had like a wedding or event or something.
1: It was that same evening.
0: It was the same night. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And they're playing all these loud songs and dancing and everything. And then Sweet Caroline comes on, and the whole party sings along to it. Ba, ba,
1: ba.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. Well, the five ways that we shared today to deal with anxiety are just kind of starting points. And they're easy things that you can do on the trail. They'll help you kind of get through those rough patches. And they're just simple tools that don't weigh anything that can help you overcome these
1: fears. And we've talked about these things in context of when you're facing anxieties on a backpacking trip. Uh, However, as we've said time and again, we learn a lot on backpacking trips that applies to other areas of our lives. And I think this is a prime example These things, uh, they don't just work on a backpacking trip. They work at home too. They work at the office.
0: These are great tools. Now as a word of warning, don't compound your anxiety issues with drugs or alcohol. A lot of people use alcohol to take the edge off of life, but alcohol actually changes the levels of serotonin and those other important neurotransmitters in the brain, which can actually worsen anxiety. So, when you're faced with that uncomfortable feeling in life and you're tempted to turn to that numbing effect or the loosening effect of alcohol, that's actually a counteractive action. Doing this can lead to a dependence on alcohol, which can then make the anxiety symptoms worse. So, backpacking is hard. Life is hard. But when alcohol or drugs are used for getting through those difficult moments, it creates this really bizarre self-destructive cycle.
1: The dependency causes anxiety in right. and of itself, which makes your existing anxiety even worse.
0: Right. And then
1: there you go So in the that thing cycle. that
0: people are turning to to take the edge off their anxiety is causing anxiety. So if you are one to always kind of pack a flask or pack a bottle to take the edge off of things, Maybe ask yourself if you're just using alcohol to manage or mask your anxiety in the wilderness. And maybe it's time to confront your anxiety and find a different way to deal with those fears without feeding this self-harming cycle. And if you do feel like you've become ensnared in this cycle of self-abuse or substance abuse, there's a hotline that you can call to be connected with an agency that can help you This is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They have a hotline. It's 1-800-662-HELP, and they can refer you to someone who can help you.
1: For today's backpack hack of the week, the fast pitch option on tents. Many backpacking tents are double wall tents. In other words, there's the first piece that you put up that is your quote-unquote tent that you think of, but it's mostly mesh on top. And then over top of that, you pitch the rainfly. So you've got two walls. Well, guess what? With a lot of double wall tents, you don't have to put up both of those walls. A lot of them have what's called the fast pitch option. With the fast pitch option, you leave that main tent body home, and you just pitch the rainfly. So you're going with a floorless tent. It's just your rainfly over top of you with the poles. And that's it. Uh, Of course, um, by using the fast pitch option, you can significantly lighten the weight of your tent.
0: So it's kind of like two tents for the price of one. I love that. And not all tents have this fast pitch option, but check your tent to see if it does, because you may be able to really lighten your load on your next backpacking trip. I also noticed that a lot of backpacking tents don't come with a footprint but you can buy a footprint for a couple hundred dollars. or whatever. It's usually a crazy amount of money for just a footprint. Don't buy the tent footprint that goes with your tent. Just cut a piece of plastic or a piece of tarp that's the right size for your tent.
1: Or on a dry night, just go floorless.
0: Exactly.
1: In fact, for the first time in I don't know how long, I slept out under the stars at scout camp last week. We, we did a horseback overnighter. So we took off after dinner from camp, rode, I think it was about four miles in kind of a semicircle around the west side of camp and got to the old camp. And we just uh, laid out our sleeping pads and sleeping bags on the ground and spent the night there. I really, I seriously can't remember the last time that I've slept outdoors without a tent or, you know, maybe being in a hammock and having a tarp over me without some sort of covering over me. And it was interesting. I I woke up once during the night, and it was because the moon was shining in my eyes.
0: Or was it a bear with a flashlight standing (laughs) over you, shining it in your eyes? (laughs) You sure it was the moon?
1: Yeah. So I pulled my covers up a little more over my (laughs) eyes and went back to sleep. Didn't Mm. wake up again till morning. It was great.
0: And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, J.R.R. Tolkien. He said, All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring renewed shall be blade that was broken, the crownless again shall be king. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out 1st 40 milescom shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. still waiting for me to start
1: yeah okay
0: all right <laughs> this is amazing book it's by elton john it's john. <laughs> <That's> crazy okay <laughs>